right behind you. I am Avital Ash. I'm Jessica Richards. And this is He's Right Behind You. Ah! And today we have I feel like we get a laugh every time, but there but it's also like we have a guest who feels the need to be polite, so they always sort of laugh. <laughs> Whatever, that's a genuine laugh. We're hilarious. We're, We're ready for funny. a lot of polite laughter. Oh good. <laughs> Better than silence. Today we have special guest Asha. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you for being here. I'm excited. I feel like there are a lot of cool things to say about you, but huh. Lately, we've just sort of been like, what do you want people to know about you? <laughs> oh, um, oh, I don't think anyone really cares about anything about me, but... Um, they do. You're I'm, wrong. <laughs> um, okay, I am a writer. I was born in Southern Florida. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah, you which know is, I'm from Miami? Are you really? Oh my gosh. How did, I was born in like Boca. Wow. And then raised kind of in Fort Lauderdale and around the Miami 561 or 954. 954. Yeah. Nice. We've known each other a, a while. A long time and yeah. never talked about this. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, well, there you go. Cool. Um, I, Asha's writing on American Horror Story now. I am writing now. on American Horror Story. Amazing. Uh, we just finished our 1984 season, which really ties in nicely to the movie. Yeah, it really does. Today, I think. Um, I watched the, final the trailer girl. and it looks good. Yeah. I started it. Oh, you I started a, watching? Well, I have them all on my DVR because I, I watched the first episode. I thought you meant the trailer for the movie oh. we were talking about, and I was like, oh, I'm going to know a lot more about it than you guys are. Oh, yes, the trailer for Horror Story. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I watched the first episode the night that it came on, and then I was like, oh, this is something I want to binge. So then I've, like, patiently waited for, like, it all to, like, stack up so I can, like, spend the holidays watching it. That's, like, the highest compliment it. these it days, right? Is. Yeah. I want to spend time actually watching something. Yeah, and, all yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, and not, like, go week to week where I'm like... Like, wait, what happened again? Let yeah. me get into it. No, I want to, like, get through it in a day. I think it's a fun show to binge because I think a lot of it kind of plays as, like, the first half is the first movie and then the second half is the sequel to it, sort mm-hmm. of. Okay. Um, it's kind of how we structured the season, sort oh, of. Oh, cool. So, that sounds yeah, so fun. It's fun. And then... Um, Kind of working on other side projects. Yeah. And all that jazz. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember reading your short and it was great. Oh, thank you. That was <laughs> years ago now, right? I'm sure you're doing other stuff, but it was yes. very good. Uh, finished that short. It was um, murder mystery comedy. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it, but I read it. Uh, well, yes. It's um, not out yet because we're submitting to festivals and all that. Okay, stuff. cool. Good Can luck. Say... Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we curse a lot awesome. on here. You can say anything you want. But yeah, I did that short, and now I'm working on another one, and I'm kind of, you know, doing all the classic writer in L.A. stuff <laughs> of, like, taking meetings, and I'm yeah. on hiatus right now, so it's all All those words. And I have said this three times now, but I just got back from India, <laughs> and that was really great, doing some volunteer work, and... Yeah. You have such a soothing voice. I never oh, really yeah. noticed till now that we're here. I'm like, <laughs> you got a great radio voice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think it's those situations where, like, you're listening to the other person and you really try to, but, like, sometimes you're not actually hearing their voice. Yeah. You're just like, okay, how am I? Experiencing the person as a whole. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yeah. It's so soothing. <laughs> it's almost like... um the like grown up woman that Maria Bamford does. <laughs> you know? Like she doesn't sound like that, but she does this voice. I wish I could just like whip out a Maria Bamford impression right now. Like, oh my god, that'd be amazing. Like it would for be the too rest much. of the episode, I just talked like that. Um, it would be too much because yeah. you're. It seems like you're good at everything. You do some acting too, right? I do some acting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not my main thing. Um, not for any like 
hoity-toity reason. You it's, hate actors. I just, yeah, that's why I live in LA. I just yeah. can't stand them. Um, but I think there's this thing that Tina Fey once said where she was like, I'm always a writer first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always been my thing. I, I really like acting. I like comedy. I think it's super fun. But... Uh, yeah, writing's always, like, my main thing. I, I can't imagine anyone, like, writing something for me. I just don't think that's in my wheelhouse. So I would I'm write like, something for you. Oh, 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 my gosh. We're going to have to talk offline about yeah. this. Um, but uh, I wrote myself into the short. I kind of gave myself, like, the side. You're, like, the stoner uh, character, yeah. right? Yeah. He solves the mystery at the end, but is passed out for most of the <laughs> short. But, uh, that's yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. All right, well, look out for that when it comes out yes. post-Festival Circuit. What's it called again? Friends Like These. Cool. It's very, it has a lot of L.A. insider stuff. It's yeah. uh, about a group of L.A. actors who go to a murder mystery party, and someone ends up dead, so they have to kind of figure out who done it. Not mm-hmm. like the Adam Sandler murder mystery movie. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. It came out after we filmed it, and I was like, shit, I wonder but if But that's this totally is gonna... different. I saw totally... that one, totally okay, different great. premise. Great. I never you're watched covered. it, so just watch the trailer. Guys, I watch anything great. with Jennifer Aniston in it. That's fair. I don't think you're the only one who does that. But, um, Whatever yes. she's in, I watch all those smart water commercials, too. <laughs> well, I'm on board. If, if you remember anything at the end, you're like, oh, I want to promote this, we'll give you another chance oh, at the end. Awesome. And tell people mm-hmm. how to find you and stuff. Just and we got that. into it a little bit that you you write on American Horror Story, yes. but what is your kind of like relationship with horror? Hmm, complicated. <laughs> I, uh, my parents weren't really into horror; they were more like sci-fi, comedy, and kung fu. Wow, that sounds like up. cool parents. Yeah, <laughs> um, my mom was like the Star Trek nerd. My dad was like the Bruce Lee nerd, and then we would all watch like Chris Rock together. So I think wow. that was kind of me growing up and. Horror. And this is in Florida. Yes. Okay, yes. great. And then, this um, is such a great picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, horror wasn't really part of my life until high school, I think, when, you know, like, your friends are like, let's go see this scary movie coming out. There was kind of a resurgence of it in, like, the mid to late 2000s mm-hmm. of, like, I think it was right when, like, this horror based on a true story started happening kind of mm-hmm. thing. And that really scarred me. <laughs> like, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, really scarred me. And I was like, I'm just not going to watch horror, not do anything. And then when I got to college, one of my friends was really into horror, loved American Horror Story. And, oh, that's uh, so funny. Uh, yeah. That's so cool. Um, and yeah. got me to start watching it. And I was like, okay, this show is fun. It has like a good blend. Is that of... friend like, you owe me money? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, 10%. She's yeah. more like, write me on the show. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, so got me into that. And then it was more like I liked TV horror mm-hmm. a bit more. But I have a really hard time with anything based on a true story. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. It just will give me awful, awful nightmares. I'm with you there. I, yeah. I told Jessica this, but I read up on Sylvia Likens, and there's two movies based on her true story, and I would really like to never watch either one. Just no. reading the Wikipedia well, about Well, I was going to say, life. that's funny, because from the episode of American Horror Story, Richard Ramirez is in it. Yes. There's, like, is. some real elements in that. There, that, yeah. that first... If you watch that first episode, that that scene really scared me. People were really into it, to be totally honest. <laughs> I was a little bit like, I don't know how I feel about this, but... I think it we've horror stories done a lot of like I think we always say that it's like our version of that mm-hmm. you know we're not really based like sometimes we'll take certain moments that really happened but for the most part it's just a fictionalized narrative of this person mm-hmm. so they're almost I mean we use a lot of real awful, awful human beings in horror story, <laughs> but sort of do our spin on them. Well, yeah, yeah, I went to, uh, I'd never been to New Orleans, and I did one of those oh, like yeah. ghost and vampire tours, yeah. and there was one, oh, her name will come to me, 
there was one like brutal story and they were like they used this on American Horror Story yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was a lot of the like Marie Laveau stuff <clears throat> yes the, yeah season three. Well, it wasn't her but it was the um oh I can't remember do you know who I mean bad. Kathy Bates played her <laughs> oh um, the one who was like a slave owner yeah. and awful yeah. oh I saw that season <laughs> um oh I would watch it for Kathy Bates there you go it. she's in a few seasons she's very good in all of them yeah. uh but yeah that is sort of my relationship with horror and that uh Really, until working on a horror show, I, I, I've seen a lot of, like, the classic 80s movies uh, and watched the more meta ones, which I always think are fun, but the really scary ones are hard for me. And you'd say the really scary ones are ones that are based on a true story. Yeah, probably the true story ones. And... I don't know, anything that just has really haunting images. Mm-hmm. Is there know? any, like, movie in particular that comes to mind? Okay, the one that honestly scared me to my core, which okay. I'm sure any horror movie fans are going to be like, she's a fucking pussy, was <laughs> I was in probably 11th grade, and we went to see The Exorcism of Emily Rose. We did that on the podcast. Oh, we did. fuck that movie. <laughs> I am not kidding. Fuck that movie in the ass. That I... <laughs> It's to this day, literally last night, here's how much that movie started. <laughs> oh my god! There's this thing in this in that movie about how like I think it's that like 3 a.m. Yes. is like the danger the time or hour. something. If I wake up at 3 a.m., I'm like go back to sleep, go back to sleep. Literally, yeah. I have not seen that movie. Jessica said the same thing in over and 10 our, years. Our guest yeah. Sophia, yeah, I hate like, when I wake up and it's 3 a.m. I can't stand <laughs> it, and I I I've blocked out so much of that movie. But I know I know the 3 a.m. thing. I know there's some scene where she's walking on the street and mm-hmm. she's seeing like all. Of the like, everyone turns into demons, hate like that. their eyes like turn yep. black, and then something happened in like the shower where someone got attacked or something, or she was in the bath or something. Oh, I don't remember. I, maybe that was maybe I just a different movie, maybe. It, maybe, but I feel like I remember some shower thing because I was really scared to take a shower for a couple yeah. of days. <laughs> so that movie is actually maybe the most haunting memory that I have. That's exciting because we we watched so it. Yeah. <laughs> I will great. never watch that movie. Again. <laughs> but you said you watched it in college or in high, high school. school? High school. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. It yeah. Was, exorcism yeah. stuff always scares me, period. Mm-hmm. See, I've seen The Exorcist, and I think that is, I think things that are like cultural touchstones I'm a mm-hmm. little better with. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the 80s movies and the 70s stuff I'm a little better with. Uh, oh, right. An Exorcism of Emily Rose is also based on a true story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is the major problem that yeah, I have Yeah, interesting. I mean, The Exorcist was also inspired by some true stories, but I think much more vaguely, whereas yes. Emily Rose, they've it's, changed her name, but it's, like, pretty close yes. to... Yes. And I'm good with, like, anything that... If it's not based on a true story, I'm usually fine with it. And I like I love the nineties horror movies. Just, you know, I mean I watch them every Halloween, like Scream, <laughs> The Craft. Oh uh, yeah. All of those are Love those. any Nev Campbell horror movie. Of course, yeah. of course. Uh Jessica and I have very different tastes in horror, but we <laughs> yes. both love Scream and, and The Craft. What are yeah. your main tastes then? I like really fun slasher movies. Okay. And I like a little bit more when they're like psychologically disturbing, and like Silence of the Lambs type well, thing. Well, she or? this is my interpretation. Okay, she likes. <laughs> Go on. She likes things where afterwards I'm like, I know there's more to this, but I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I feel like every time I watch a movie, and I'm like, I know there's like I get that it's about something else. I get it, but I don't know what it's <laughs> about, and I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, so what's what are your favorite horror movies? Um. Well, I love Jaws. Where do you okay. land on Jaws? I like 
just. Okay, cool. Does that I think it's kind of boring. boring but yeah, okay. we've been kind of back and forth. You think okay. it's kind of boring? I think it's kind of boring for a lot of it. Wow. It's a lot of white dudes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it's a lot of buildup. It was so for me. I really like character development in a horror movie. That's fair. Which yeah, Jaws I does really well. Yeah, <laughs> Jessica's like, I don't like want to be one... sad when people die. <laughs> yeah, like, I like I, I like you. the basic, the final girl development. I like the, there to be one character oh, yeah. that's really well developed, mm-hmm. and then everyone else is like around. But that Scream, person. everyone's really well developed. That's why we meet in the middle on Scream. Yeah. Scream okay. is so But, like, good. we just yeah. did Pan's Labyrinth, and she was really into that. I love okay. Pan's Labyrinth, which yeah. also is arguably not a horror. And right after this, we're doing The Mist. So if you guys want to catch up and watch, check out The Mist. And I loved that. Okay. Really dark, really upsetting. Is it more psychological? Yeah. I think that's what I liked about Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I still haven't seen it. It's, but you watched it. I, I thought you were like, I actually it. don't like to watch horror. I know. <laughs> but, I mean, I work on a horror show, so I feel like it's kind of... Research? Uh, yeah, a bit. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends was really into it, and we were in Joshua Tree last year. Uh, my favorite place. Great. We did shrooms <laughs> for the first time. Yes. It was fab. Ugh. And... We watched some of that. It was terrifying. I There's one scene in particular that really it was hard for me to get to sleep for several months. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, but several months. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, I think a lot of things that <laughs> – this isn't really a spoiler, but there's a scene where one character's like, closing their eyes with trying to go to sleep. They open them, and they, like, see something in the mm-hmm. dark, and that – kind Ugh, of thing because yes. I'm always afraid you know when you're in bed and you're like I feel a presence or something mm-hmm. yeah. and you open your eyes and nothing's there but what if something was there right. <laughs> so um, Haunting at Hill House has a lot of that but I think but it didn't scare you like Emily Rose did no because it really is a family drama okay that's what I heard is it's show. like this is us meets a horror movie kind of wow. yeah there's a lot of it's a lot of good character development and oh so you'll like of, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta check it out a lot of twists and a lot of psychological stuff it has to do with like drugs and depression and all oh, of that stuff but kind of through a horror lens which I think was a cool way to do it yeah I do like a metaphor in horror <laughs> who does yeah. have you seen the Babadook I have seen. Did the you like it? I did like it. I didn't like it as much as everybody yeah. else did. Same, hundred percent. I think it maybe got hyped up for me too yeah. much before I saw it. I did a good middle, which was like the hype was incredible, and then I read the Wikipedia, and I was like, "This is dumb." And then by the time <laughs> I watched it, I was like, "This is going to be stupid," and then yeah. I loved it. Okay, because uh, it is just all like a metaphor for depression. Yeah, yeah. which is, it wasn't yeah. fun enough for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm seeing. I the... like yeah. fun. <laughs> I I want to watch a horror movie and I want to like jump and then I want to laugh at myself for jumping and I want to have like a good time. Yeah. And then I want to leave. I do need some break, some like laugh breaks in yeah. horror movies for me. Yeah. Moments of like levity, which mm-hmm. uh, some have in a campy way. Like I don't know if you guys have seen Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Of like that That's one. That's not as scary. I it's, mean, it's a horror, but it's, it's not a horror, scary. but it's not. I mean, someone yeah. gets killed by like a wasps nests in right. a bathroom. No, but some of those adults are a little bit scary yeah. that they're yeah. working around children. Yeah. 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 That's true. But yeah, I get that. Yeah. Cool. There's some real have life scariness seen, to it. Uh, <laughs> funny games? No, I haven't. That was one that I was scared to watch for a long time because mm. I'm very afraid of torture and like home invasion okay. stuff that I feel like could happen to me. I'm always right. worried I'm going to die like a brutal, gory death. Okay. And that's my fear. But there is some comedy in that. And I'm curious if you would find it funny or just be Comedy horrified. in a brutal, gory death or in funny games? In funny games. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which has the brutal, gory death. Gotcha. But okay. there's like some lines that are very almost Sorkian. Like funny and okay. quick and clever. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. <laughs> okay, but they're I'm more off-putting because seeing... they're from you know psychopaths, right? Which yeah. can be fun. In Which fiction. Scream has too. Yes, definitely. It's definitely. like psychopaths 
was talking like they're in an Aaron Sorkin film, but, <laughs> but different. Very Kevin Williamson. Very more Kevin than Williamson. Yes. Sorkin, but there's overlap for sure. And this yeah. movie is like screamish. Yes, it's got yeah, like it's it def- very meta. It's very. You can definitely mm-hmm. feel the influences from both eighties. I think um, we talked about this a lot on Horror Story this past season of the differences between eighties horror and nineties horror specifically, and I think like seventies horror was kind of like the baseline for horror. It was like, we're setting up like what the future decades are going to do. Whereas eighties kind of took it, I think started obviously the slasher thing. Like I think Mm seventies had, you know, when you look at the exorcist and a lot of those, it's, it's not super bloody all the time. Whereas eighties was like, we're going to go for it. This is like Freddy, Jason, like everything. We're going to throw everything at the wall. Whereas I think once nineties horror started, cause there's kind of a gap, in from like the late 80s to the early 90s where there wasn't much horror and then once you get kind of you know scream and idle hands and i know you did last summer and all those you see the meta come into Mm -hmm. it which i think is the most fun of like the audiences are more aware of it so you kind of have to play into that yeah you start getting twists back which i think hadn't you'd seen like small twists obviously in like Halloween and Friday, like certain things like that. And like more in, in a moment, but not right. like in the ending. Or, right, yeah. exactly. Um, and I think like probably people would say maybe Psycho has like one of the best twists. Yeah. Oh, that. yeah. But I think Scream really like brought that back yeah. of like the kind of audience trying to figure out who was the killer. Yeah. Yeah, turning like a slasher into a whodunit. Yes. It's such a great... Yeah, I'm obsessed with. And I think that's very much a '90s thing because because you know who the killers are for the most part. Like obviously, it's Jason, it's Michael, and obviously you have the twist of like actually it was Jason's mom, but no, it's not. It's Jason again, kind of thing. Yeah, and Um, you only know that if you if you are like late to the party, right? Because if you if you see the first one, Jason's not even in it. Exactly. (laughs) So why would you think it'd be Jason? Um, I was going to be like, so why'd you pick this movie? But I feel like you just sort of outlined exactly why. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Is there anything else? uh, Well, I think... Oh, um, we should say the name of the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing the final girls. The uh, uh, Todd... Why? Strauss-Schulson movie. Yeah. (laughs) When I first saw it, I didn't really know what to expect. I know a couple people in the movie, Mm -hmm. and... Um, so you always want to like it if you know somebody right. in it. And I just, by the end of it, I was like, the writing was so strong. And I think this is kind of a maybe LA thing for me, but I think not liking things has become very cool right. for a while. Just the feel <laughs> of like, oh yeah, that's, I don't know, that kind of vibe. And I love- It's a hipster thing. Yes, mm-hmm. kind of. And also just like, you don't want to seem like you're too into something because then it kind of seems, I don't know, off-putting or desperate. Or right. I don't know. But I love when filmmakers or actors or writers or whoever make something that is just truly like a love letter to something. Right. Mm-hmm. And re- you can tell they've like done the research on this mm-hmm. and that they're very passionate about it. And I don't know if you guys read this, but I think I read somewhere that one of the writers of this movie- his dad was an actor in The Exorcist. Is yes. this like a fun fact for later? Yes, okay, Jessica sorry. told me this and I loved it. No, you I can say it, it now. Yeah, yeah, I, it. yeah just um, one of his, or one of the writers, his dad was an actor in The Exorcist and after his dad passed he was away. Karis, said yes, Jessica. It was, okay. Father Karis. Co-written by Joshua John Miller as a way of dealing with the death of his dad, Jason Miller, who was Father Karis in The Exorcist. Who's like the original hot priest. Yeah. <laughs> 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 very true, very yeah. true. Very hot. Yeah. Phoebe Waller-Bridge definitely took inspiration. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel <laughs> like she heard did. it here first. Um, yeah, I. I know. I read that. I'd seen the movie already, and then I saw it again, and then I did like a little bit of research for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, "That really makes sense to me because the mother-daughter storyline." I've every time I've seen this movie, it's affected me. Oh, I. It's cry just such every a strong. Time. And I'm really close to my mom and, like, their relationship. I just really connect with that mm. every time I watch this movie. And I love, like, a horror movie that has, like, a weird heart to it. Yeah. Because I feel like horror movies are so much about loss. You know, mm. like, in Scream, it's like, we never see Sydney's mom. Right. But you She's feel just that gone. loss anyway. Mm. But to see, like, to actually see her with her mom, I right. think, is, like, just something you don't usually get in these kind of movies. Yeah. And it was such a nice, uplifting part of a horror movie. Yeah. What I really love about how they did this movie is because this director also did Isn't It Romantic, which is kind of yeah. like a similar vibe. Of he also getting did, into a movie. fun fact, um, Harold and Kumar 3, oh. which Amir is in, who you just met. <laughs> and we're in his studio right now. And he said that for the final girls that he watched, like, you know, sort of like locked himself up. And just watched tons and tons of horror I'm movies. Sure. And same with uh, Isn't It Romantic? Just yeah. like sequestered himself. And you watched... kind of have to to get into that yeah. mindset. And I think, I, I, I love any movie where someone is getting sucked into the movie. I think that's Oh my God, so me fun. too. I me think too. it's just really such fun. a fun trope. Yeah. And um, in this one especially, I really like that they don't lose sight of the characters in the movie still being the characters that they are. Mm-hmm. Like Malin Ackerman, who I think in the movie her name is Nancy, mm-hmm. but like in the as her mom, I think is something else maybe. Which yeah. Nancy is um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Nice. And I think what's so great about it, there's the scene with her and Taisa where they're like talking and she's kind of like, I don't know. I think when she first realizes that like she's her mom kind of mm-hmm. thing. And in the – sorry, this is getting very like convoluted. But in the movie within Final Girls, mm-hmm. this character is like an 18-year-old girl who has this other 18-year-old girl <laughs> like being like, you're my mom. I yeah. love you so much. And I I mean the way that she handles it in within the movie, I, I mean I cry every time. I cry in a lot of things, but <laughs> I – We'll cry just thinking about it. The way Malin Ackerman's character yes. handles it. This the movie way, is yeah. like, uh, for me, a reminder that I love Malin Ackerman. <laughs> like, I think Which she we all steals... need reminders of sometimes. Yeah. Because... I think so, because she gets kind of, uh, she gets, I don't want to say tossed aside, but I feel like in a lot of things she's like a smaller part. And when you watch a movie like this, I'm always like, why is she not more famous? Yes. Did you guys watch Trophy Wife? No, but I know people yeah. worked oh, I on it. I fucking it loved was great. that show. <laughs> yeah. I was actually gutted when they canceled oh, it. Oh, man. And she's fantastic in that. And Bradley Whitford is a hot piece of ass. <laughs> but <laughs> she's, I think she's really great. Yeah, oh, and she has great it. depth in this. And I'm just so impressed that she is playing the mother and then they're also, like, drawing her in and being like, and you're, like, 18. Yeah. And you know what? Her skin's amazing. <laughs> I, I wanted them to have, like, aged her up for the opening mm. bit. But I think Jessica was like, no, I didn't want that. <laughs> but no, I wanted her to look of, perfect. I yeah. like – I was looking up everybody's ages. And I like that there is, like, uh, Tessa, who's Max. Tessa, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Max. I'm like, I'm going to say her name wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, Max. She's like the youngest in the cast, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then it goes all the way up to like Malin. But it's like in between, because I was looking up their ages now. So I don't remember. This was like a couple years ago. But it was like Max in real life is 25. Malin in real life is 41. Now? Yes. Okay. And then it was like. Um, Three years ago? Four years ago? Yeah, something like that. And then Adam Devine, or Adam Devine. 
<laughs> Divine? I don't know. Okay. He's sure. like 36 in real life, and then Nina Dobrev's 30. Mm. So I like that there's kind of this, like, they're all kind of in the zone between the two of them. Right. So it kind of makes everyone, no one is like that much older than the next. And I like kind that of too. A nice... It's just that when they go, when they travel into the movie, mm. it's supposed to be from Malin Ackerman's character's past. Right. And so I've wanted a little bit, like, I wanted that to just be clearer a little bit. Plus, I think there's something fun about only having seen your mom as a mom and, like, this is her background and then getting right. to see that and it's a whole new side of her versus she looks exactly the same. That's fair. I think I was able to buy it because when you see like the movie opens with the trailer for the fake movie mm-hmm. and then you kind of see what Malin Ackerman's life has become with mm-hmm. like her daughter and, and she's got her hair in a bun. Yes. So, so she's, she's obviously older. older. And yeah. she's like in a passed. suit. She's in like a nice like skirt suit. Okay. And she looks sad, which yeah. I think helps. The age mm-hmm. does that to you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I bought it because she's meant to be an L.A. actress. Mm-hmm. And so I was <laughs> That's like. That's very true. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. go to Kate Somerville. You got to like do what you have to do to keep cast. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. That, that, that is actually really true. Out here in L.A. it's like crazy. Like, I, I feel like I look so much older than people that are older than me. Like, <laughs> like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler got younger looking. You're like, how? Oh, yeah. Money. Yeah, money does money that. Money does that. Also, I feel like when we get excited, we talk over each other. Feel free to jump in. Okay. Don't ever feel like you have to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk over know. us as much as you want. Okay. The first thing that really stuck out to me that I thought was really fun was the Friday the 13th score, which I <laughs> wondered if that was like... Uh, if they had to basically pay for the rights. Like, at first I was like, oh, this is a nod to that. But now I think it's, like, the same exact It's not exactly. It's pretty close, right? It's close, but it's not exactly. It's immediately evocative of that. that Oh, yeah. Well, you kind of have to do that, yeah. Because when, like, after her mom dies in the beginning and then they go to the movie and everything, and that's kind of when it all starts. Yeah, I jumped ahead, sorry. No, no, it's fine. (laughs) Just, um... When I, I just I really love the scene when they're kind of right before they get sucked into the movie, the way mm-hmm. the fire starts yes. and all of that, I feel like is really cool. All the cool parallels between what's happening yeah. in the theater. Well, and there's and so much screen, good, like it's so stylized. Mm-hmm. Yes, the whole movie, like the sky is always like a totally like fake color. Right. Even in the beginning when they're driving and it's like sunset, it's oh, just like this I heightened color. Yeah. Yeah. The whole world just feels heightened even when we're in the real world before we get to the movie. Mm. That then it just kind of feels like a seamless transition of like diving into the fantasy. Yeah. But. Uh, to your point about the score and everything, I feel like audiences don't always recognize score. It's something mm-hmm. that I think is so overlooked in film. But to have something that is similar, they're like, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. kind of immediately are like, okay, I know what this is. I know yeah. what this movie is. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on. So even if it's like subconsciously, you kind of get that. Yeah. And so I get what you're saying because it is very similar. Yeah. But I feel like you kind of need that in order to. I like, liked it. Yeah. I just was like, it was it's funny. not the exact same though. I can tell you that. Yeah. It As felt someone like who's seen first, Friday the 13th a million times. At first, it's it felt like, the oh, they're referencing that. But then I was like, oh no, this is the score. Yeah. Like maybe read almost like a cover of the score. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. their version. But I, I like <laughs> that. Yeah, exactly. It was familiar and it felt like it's playing with the tropes which is yeah. kind of the whole point yeah. um and also i get it because now i've finally seen friday the 13th i know <laughs> when i started watching this this time i was like thank god she saw friday the 13th before this <laughs> uh, you really mean i think of all of the like 80s movies that they're kind of referencing friday the 13th is the main one because yeah. it's at the summer camp as is american horror story 1984 now wow. netflix by the way um <laughs> It's at the camp. You have, like, a similar yet different backstory for yeah. the villain. Um, teens having sex. Yeah, the mm-hmm. teens having sex mm-hmm. thing. So many, the so many counselors. kind of stuff. Yeah. Which you don't actually have in Friday the 13th. No. The flashback? Yeah. No. 
which I think they reference. No, how... but it starts in. But it starts as a flashback. The very beginning starts with the first murder, which is in the past. It's right. like the year after Jason died. Oh, but you right. don't actually see the flashback to Jason dying. They're not showing it as right. a flashback. It yeah. just starts early. It starts right. there and then yeah. it's like 20 years later. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. And a I kid died. I'm this was it. the history. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right in thinking that they reference that somehow saying, maybe I'm making this up, that like it's usually the um, counselors are at fault for being negligent, but then here the counselors are at fault for actually terrorizing yeah. him. <laughs> I do love that. Do twi- that. I don't know if they say that in it. Okay. I don't know if, but they, yeah, I can't but I did love that, that twist in it. That normally the counselors are having sex, so they are not paying attention. And in this one, the counselors are like actively the bullying. Yeah. The yeah. Kid. yeah. It's not just like you didn't protect him from the bullies. It's but like there's you part are of that bully. that I think is like so real because I've never been to summer camp. But when you go to summer camp, they're like not that much older than you. I was actually a camp counselor. Were counselors some bullies? Um, <laughs> there aren't bullies in the way that you would think also when you're a girls camp counselor i mean it was a uh co-ed camp but girls bullying is very different oh yeah like girls are never gonna throw firecrackers in the bathroom while you're in there they're just gonna be like why are you peeing so loud you sound like a boy (laughs) they're gonna throw emotional firecrackers (laughs) have you ever seen anything as bad as like a girl putting nair in a shampoo bottle i feel like that's the story i always heard of like mean (laughs) camp girls but i never went to camp I, I both went to camp and was a camp counselor at the same camp. And have you heard uh-huh. that story? Is that just like an urban legend? I th- I've never heard of that happening. Yeah. I think. That's like the craft. Yeah. yeah. She puts a spell to get yeah. her hands yeah. yeah. Instead of Nair, she just uses magic. Right. Yeah. I mean, Before Nair. Yeah. It's more effective. Um, yeah. I can't. I actually, I wish I had like a good camp prank story, but I really can't think I of one. I liked what you said. You're peeing so loud. You <laughs> tell that story. That is based on a true story. <laughs> I went on a trip. I went on Birthright and shared a room with two girls. And one of them was in the bathroom and I was waiting to go in for a while. I thought she was peeing. It just was taking so long. But one of the girls <laughs> is like straight up a model and she's like beautiful and has this really soft voice and like big lips and blonde hair, very perfect. And finally I'm like, Sophie, what are you doing? And she's like, pooping. <laughs> and you're just like the sweetest. I was like, okay, I'll wait another I hour. I want that to be my text tone. <laughs> just like, pooping. <laughs> it sounds very nice in your voice. Oh, thank you. It sounded nice in yours too. Oh my gosh. Let's just so compliment much. each other for the next half hour. Now you say pooping, Jessica. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I want to talk about this movie because I love this movie. I love Alia Shawkat. I love, oh, I so love everybody in she's this so movie. I think, every, I think the cast is just dynamite. And I know it's, it's a lot easier when you have a movie you can make fun of when it's like everyone sucked but no. everyone's fantastic in this Thomas Middleditch only has like kind of a cameo yeah. he kind of um, is out pretty early but I think oh, he but then has, he's like, back at the end yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> but he has like every moment on screen from him is great Leah Shawkat's fantastic I think Nina Dobrev is like I love Nina Dobrev she's great she came she up in amazing. a recent podcast the Let the Right One In because I was like the vampires I like are Vampire Diaries. <laughs> so then when she came up again, I was like, oh, she's so watchable. She's very watchable. I really like the self-aware bitchy thing that mm-hmm. she kind of does throughout the movie. They do a really good job of giving her an arc in a short period of time. Yes, definitely. Giving her as, like a redemption arc. As I think yeah. is true for the characters within the movie, kind of. Like, yeah. oh, I... I just want to call him the black guy because I don't. The black guy with suspenders. <laughs> yeah, with all the buttons. great. His, like, little romance with Aaliyah Shawkat's oh, really great. That was so I sweet. think, um, oh, God, what is her name? 
uh, the one who does the dance. Angela Trimber. Yeah. Who I know and have seen dance, and she's oh, amazing in this. Fantastic. She's so Oh, good. her dancing scene in this. Is yeah. great. And she's, her mittens. Yeah. Taped on. Just, I mean. She's great. Yeah. You don't want any of them to die, honestly. Yeah. And like. Um, and Chloe, Chloe Bridges. Yes. And Adam Devine. Now engaged. Yeah, in they're that, engaged. On this movie. Wait, who? Which one? Um, Chloe Bridges, the, Paula, the, the final girl. Whoa. Yeah, the they met on this girl. movie and now they're engaged. Whoa, that's a cute story. Which I think I think she's great in the little bit of time that she has. Yeah. I wanted more Paula. I did too. I think. Because she's so different than the rest of the characters and even in the real world. Like she's so different than everybody she's that like we She's like that see. girl from Saved by the Bell with the leather jacket. Oh, Tori. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who... Okay, well, I don't want to go on a Save by the Bell rant. <gasps> Yo, what but I don't know rant? if you know this. That leather jacket, Tori, yeah. she was only in it because in the last high school season of Save by the Bell, they filmed a certain amount of episodes, and they thought that was going to be it, and the <laughs> network was like, we want, like, ten more. But Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Elizabeth Berkley. Elizabeth Berkley were already on other projects, so they were like, we have to write in a new character. So they wrote in her with the leather jacket and tried to just like slip it into the season. Well, just and combine like... the two girls into one? Exactly. <laughs> that's so um, good. Which is ridiculous. I have a lot of Saved by the Bell fun facts. I love it. We'll have to I know. It. That's yeah. one of those whenever like I watch reruns and Tori's on, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, I turn it off. I, I like Kelly Gapowski. Yeah. I liked her. Um, <laughs> but it's been a long time. I that's because we're opposites. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although, but I do, I do like Paula. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, same. I was going to say with Paula. Because I think she's also not just different from everyone in the movie. She's also different from final girls you've seen in other movies. Yeah, yeah I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah, she's not the like classic like blonde. Right. She's still a virgin in the movie, but she has this badass car and this badass yeah. jacket and this. She looks awesome. And and while I wanted more of her, I think part of that is because they set up this expectation of like she's the yeah. final girl, and that's what works so well. As you expect, yeah. she's going to be there till the end, and then she bites it pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Which I think the other thing I really like about this movie is that it acts as a coming-of-age story, Mm -hmm. really for all the characters, but especially Max. And I think that's something that I miss from a lot of horror movies, is you really see her arc from kind of a child who lost her mother to like this like a young young woman who is kind of like finding her own path and... You know, she's an independent woman. Fighting back, no literally. Man. Yes, yeah. fighting back. And it's touching when you think, you know, Max gets this sort of closure with her mom, and then you wonder if the writer ever got that with his dad, and it's Aww. sort of just, like, touching in, in a very, again, meta way. Yeah. It's like the movie within the movie referencing someone who watched his dad in a movie. Like, Well, and so I love slasher 80s movies, period. So I loved all of the kind of, like, tropes and cliches, and I love in the beginning of the movie, so, like, slasher movies always start with a kill. Yes. And I love that the kill is the mom. Yeah. Right. And then you get the actual, like, title sequence for the movie, and I hadn't really noticed that until this go-around, yeah. and I was like, oh, my God, that's so I genius. don't even think I realized that until you just said it. The real killer of this movie is that fucking truck. Mm-hmm. That is the real monster. <laughs> right, right. Wow. And I love Betty Davis eyes. I love that song. After see, because I saw this a few years ago. Song. So we took her. Avital and I took a. Con- I feel like I always say your name wrong. <laughs> Avital and I took a comedy yeah, class. Better. That's where we met. Um, have you? Is this the first podcast you guys have done? Have you ever met before? <laughs> Wait, how many years? Well, I get on her case. She says my name. I know, so I stop saying, and I'm just like you. You, can say you Abby, and I took a. Avi, right? I know, but I don't call you that, so it feels weird to like, like start Ob- calling like you. Obviously, name. but Avi. <laughs> we took the comedy class, and when we did the, she just skated right past yeah, it. Like, she done. didn't even try. 
<laughs> we're finished. Guys, when that girl and I took this class together, <laughs> you over there in the black. I know. I have to say it because, like, otherwise I'm pointing and you can't see that on the podcast. <laughs> when Avital, nice, and I took the the class together. At the end, there was like a showcase where you performed, and they were like, "What do you want your song? Like, everyone picks a song to come on stage to." And I had just recently seen the movie, and I was like, "Betty Davis eyes." Uh, <laughs> and that was why. Yeah, because it's, a great it's song. so. They use it in a way, though, that, like, now the song, I feel like, means so much to me because it means so much in the movie. It's mm-hmm. a really important song in the movie, and this I might be going out on a limb saying this, but I think it is the most emotional strip dancing scene <laughs> that I've ever seen on film. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> I love, at the end, that whole thing where, like, Melinda Ackerman has to keep making so many different faces because she has so many emotions yeah. of, like, I'm going to do this. It's okay. Oh, no, he's coming. She sees him. I'm back into it. It's okay. I'm sacrificing. I'm enjoy- okay. No, he's coming. It's like she yeah. does so many faces. I'm imagine right now. Imagine if you left this <laughs> recording studio <laughs> and some girl you've never seen who maybe looks a little bit like you, but not really, and is like, "This is crazy. We got to stick together because there's this killer coming." And you're like, "Okay." And then over the next hour, you're realizing that she's your daughter and you're a character in a movie, and then you realize <laughs> that you have to sacrifice yourself to a killer so. This girl that you didn't know an hour ago can live because she's your daughter. Like, truly imagine if that happened to you. It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster, and it is an amazing character arc for this fictional character within a fictional character. Okay, so here is one thing that was hard for me. Okay. I'm the contrarian with this, but... Because they're clearly rewriting the movie and the rules mm. of the movie. Yeah, them being in the movie changes the movie. Right. Yes. Like, and our final girl is no longer the final girl, right. Paula. It felt too arbitrary to me that Malin Ackerman's just like, okay, well, I have to die for you to be the final girl. I was like, why can't you at least like... try to both survive? But I think, I do well, think... she can't survive, first of all. She's well, a fictional character. But... Yeah, but, <laughs> but she could survive in the movie. I do think part of it was that she came to the realization that she was always supposed to die within the movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of, it's a, it's sort of like a, I don't know, maybe nihilistic way to look or something, mm-hmm. but just this feeling of like, what, I forget who says it, maybe it's Nina Dobrev's character or someone who reveals that like, all of you die yeah, in this. Nina Dobrev cannot keep her mouth shut. <laughs> no, at all. And I think that's a very mature thing to come to. I do get what you're saying in that, there is, at least emotionally, you want her to get to the end and for Max to have a mom again and all right. this to happen. But I think she knows that she is just a character within this and that she's supposed to die. Right. But she also gets a little bit of an arc in that she realizes that her death was trivial before. Like, her death was just a sex scene. And now her death gets, it's in her hands. She chooses to do it. She chooses to do the whole thing. And this calls back, we just did Pan's Labyrinth. So Mm. they talk about basically, like, heroism being choosing the way you die. When you guys said you did Pan's Labyrinth earlier, I thought you said Labyrinth. (laughs) So this whole time I was like, okay, cool. Like some Bowie, (laughs) Jennifer Connelly. And I was like, I guess. Have you seen Pan's Labyrinth? I have not seen Pan's Labyrinth. Oh my God, it's so good. I love it. Jessica doesn't like it as much. I liked it. I liked it. I think you guys are good balances for this. (laughs) Thank you. The only downside is like... If there were no Jessica, I could constantly be watching movies I like. And if there were no me, then Jessica could Oh, my God. There's so many movies that I turn to my husband and I'm like, I have to watch this fucking movie (laughs) for this podcast. Why? (laughs) (sighs) Or like if she likes something, she's like, Avital's going to hate this. 
how can she hate this? And I feel I, the same way. I'm like, Jessica's not going to like this because I love it. It's I, great because looking at you right now, you're in like this black turtleneck <laughs> and you're in like this bright white sweater that I think says joie de vivre, yes. which is just an amazing contrast between the two of you. We'll have to get a picture. We're going to get a picture of you. Oh, I can't you. wait. But we'll get one of us too to accompany this podcast. Um, we weirdly all match. Yeah. We're all, all wearing black, black and white. white. Kind yeah. of French, yeah. sort of. Yeah. It's because it's raining Parisian. in LA. Oh, am yeah. I? <laughs> it's the red <laughs> lipstick, I yeah. think. Yeah, really... and the stripes. <laughs> yes, yes. You really do. I do love the Nina Dobrev character so much. I love the, I love her little arc. I love that she gets to say, you know, like I'm the bitchy girl in an 80s mm-hmm. movie or whatever. I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. But I also Which love. Which is kind of a similar thing to Malin Ackerman's right, thing of right. like realizing your Getting own the archetype and yes. like that's, I'm kind of. And I'm, making a sacrifice. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I do love her line early on. When no need a dobrev is like, I'll have a diet coke and a child sized popcorn. Make sure to dump half of it in the trash. Oh yeah, she's like, you know my order. Yeah, <laughs> there's also you could just fill it up halfway, but instead no, you have to dump it in the trash. trash. I think I like to. That line made small, me laugh out loud. There's a small <laughs> moment when she's like pulling up to the theater with the guy, mm-hmm. and I, it's like s- some little way that she plays it when she's like, "Okay, I'll see you inside," and then she turns back to him. She's like, "Go" or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, racks me up every yeah, time. Yeah, she's it. trying really so good. hard to be a part of it. Yeah, yes. yeah. And I feel for the like jealous ex girlfriend. Like, oh. And then you find out that it's not just that though. It's that she's like jealous ex-friend yeah. that she really it's like I wonder if she's there for them or if she's there for the girl that right. is one of my favorite tropes is the popular girl who you used to be best friends with mm-hmm. like the Lizzie McGuire and Kate dynamic I don't <laughs> know if you guys remember it. that <laughs> oh man <laughs> that stuff I really like because I think there's always a lot of layers in female friendships like yes. that yeah yes. and I think uh I think like Aaliyah Shawkat's thing with, like, her stepbrother in this and then her thing with Max Mm -hmm. and then, like, their thing with... I think all the relationships are interesting. My one thing in this movie that, like, is... I don't think the fault of any of the actors or the writing or anything is that I wasn't really rooting for, like, the romantic couple to get together. Mm -hmm. I get that. You know, like... I was rooting much more for Aaliyah Shawkat and the black guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) I hate that we don't know his name. We'll look it up. But but they were so cute together. They were really cute. Because they were, like, awkward and nervous. And I feel like with the main romance, you're like, okay, he's just the popular guy, but he's kind of nice. Yeah. He's very so, nice, and he was smart, which is you don't usually see that because he's remember. tutoring her. Yeah. Oh, the right. first time they meet, so right. that's like a little bit of breaking yeah. the tropes yeah, that yeah, she's yeah. not the nerdy smart one tutoring him. That's yeah. true. He's really the only one that doesn't have like a great arc. I think. Does he have an arc? Not really. Yeah, he gets the short end of the stick, which I will say for once is nice that it's not the woman that gets yes, the short end. Yes, that is. Yeah. The, <laughs> that's kind of like the classic thing. It's like screw the guy. Women have had it hard for a long time. Yeah, yeah. he can like sit down. He does have the one line that I like hated in this movie, <laughs> which I couldn't tell if it was on purpose, like making fun because so many movies do this, mm. which is when the killer runs off. With Melon Ackerman. Ackerman. Mm. <laughs> Ackerman. 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 <laughs> um, and Max is going to chase after her, trying to find her and save her. And he keeps shouting, she's gone. She's dead. Which yeah, is like, you I don't know that. that. You also, don't know that. I, I hated that, too, because, like, her mom actually died. Yeah. yeah. Which is just such a shitty thing to say to <laughs> yes. someone whose parent was killed. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I agree with that. I guess maybe that's what he's trying to refer to. Maybe, Which yeah. I didn't even get. I just was like, she's trying to save her in this movie, and you're shouting that she's already dead. You yeah. don't know that. You have no idea. That's I agree with you on that shit one. You don't know. 
<laughs> made me so mad. Yeah, and she, and then she also wasn't dead. Exactly. It's like <sighs> you don't know anything. Stop trying to act like you do. <laughs> and there's also that moment where uh, Nina Dobrev says, "Like that's not your mom." Yeah, which is an, an interesting moment. I liked yeah. it because well, she's like, "We got to get out of here." <laughs> yeah, it's not your mom. Like let's move it along. <laughs> yeah, and this movie does such a great job of setting up. There's just something I think about when you have an ensemble like that, giving everyone a really, really clear point of view of the things that they want within the world that they're in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you have Thomas Middleton's character who's, you know, just excited to be within this world. You know, Nina Dobrev's who is like, we have to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Max, who is like, I just want to see my mom. Like, I want to save my mom, that kind of thing. And Aaliyah Shawkat who's like, Am I dead? Yeah. Am I in a coma? Like, yeah. Am I blind? Like, she's all these, like, do I have a stroke? And just, like, after they see him get killed and they're just, like, they have that scene where they're going around in the circle, the kind of, like, that 70s oh, show yeah, shot. yeah, yeah, Like, covered in blood or That's something. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just really well done. And yeah. I think, actually, and I, I think it's part of the meta thing of, like, seeing these characters react to somebody actually dying in a way mm-hmm. you don't see in a lot of those 70s yeah. slashers, which we looked a lot at. On Horror Story this season. <laughs> um, is just that a lot of times the characters don't react to deaths because they don't even know that they've happened. Right. Yeah. They're kind of like still partying off screen or yeah. fucking in an upstairs bedroom and somebody's getting killed outside. And I think I like that you see in this movie characters actually reacting to deaths yeah. and stuff. I like yeah, because there's not a ton of like you have the first two people, the hiker mm-hmm. and the kind of like Sexy, hippie. hippie mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and no one, no one knows that that they died. Right. But that's kind of the only off-screen deaths. Yeah. All the other ones happen within the group. Yeah. Because the group sticks together, which I do like. I also yeah. like that it's weirdly tense, or at least it was for me, when the killer is behind Middle Ditch. Oh, yeah. And he's oh, just yeah. standing there. Yeah. And he's like, it's fine. And he's just like looming in the background. Yeah. I found like that was the tensest part for me. For sure. And I think it's a really smart way to set up the rules. I think this movie mm-hmm. does a really great job of setting up rules, yeah. which I think is important. In any horror movie, in any movie, period. But especially if you're doing something meta, I think being really clear and setting up what the world is, I think is like rule number one, kind of. Um, And I love that they, the flashback rules and the way they implement that and the way it's shot is very new to me. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, and when they're like running and they just keep running back into frame because Mm -hmm. the limitations of it is what I thought was a cool thing to establish because I've seen other things where, you know, it's like the remote can... I think it's called Remote Control, the one with uh, John Ritter, where he's stuck in the TV. Mm, yeah. Or like... Pleasantville um, kind of has... Yeah. Yes. Did that too, yeah. Yeah, or like uh, there's a John Candy one, Delirious, where he's stuck in a soap opera. Mm. And this is the only one I've seen where it's like you literally are in the limitations of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Like you can't... If you run off screen, you're back on screen, Although, which I thought was interesting. Isn't there a moment towards the end where there's suddenly this whole new part? Well, that's from the flashback. Oh. Because in the flashback, he's like, what's this part I haven't seen before? I see. Because okay, they follow Billy. And they like, right. it's, it's a, something that they've demolished since? No, I think that was like the hidden place where yeah. they found her mom. Right. Because they found it in the flashback. Yeah. But why could they suddenly access it in the flashback? I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's the point, Jessica. <laughs> that's a good question. I also Maybe really... it was the director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> that flashback. That's a good point. I like that explanation. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I do love, because we did Halloween on here, mm. and I love that Melan Ackerman, when she comes in, she's like, well, kiddo, this is the summer that's going to change your life. Like, she does the Laurie Strode thing of talking to herself like she's an adult <laughs> talking to a kid. Yeah. There were all these moments where I was like, oh, my God, that's like this movie and that movie, Which I and I love great. that. You can tell that the writers were really 
did their research or really were passionate about showing that on screen, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, And Melinda Ackerman seemed like the final girl to me over Paula. So I thought it was interesting, like, because she has Nancy, which is the final girl from Nightmare on Elm Street's name, and she's doing stuff like Laurie Strode. And I thought it was interesting that she's not the final girl in it. Yeah. That's like a, I wish I remembered the name of the movie within the movie, but that's that Camp movie. Bloodbath. Thank you. That's yeah. Camp Bloodbath subverting expectations. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Those screenwriters. Yeah. What they were doing. <laughs> I do always laugh when, like, there's a, there's that moment where Middle Ditch says, oh, it's such bad writing. <laughs> but I'm also, like, to me, I always get jealous. I'm like, that's the easiest, is getting to write bad writing on yeah. purpose. Yeah. Come I know that's also, smart. That's what you got to do. Yeah. See, you think it's the easiest, but sometimes it can be difficult. because that's you. True. I think you have to really hit that I'm kind of writing something not like this, but kind of a meta thing with a different genre. Cool. And I think the hard thing is... You really have to find those lines that, like, immediately you're like, this is a this bad genre. horror movie yeah. or a like, bad, yeah. Exactly. I'm bad doing it with rom coms. Oh, fun. And I'm doing this kind of, I'm, without going too much into like the thing that I'm writing, it's no. just <laughs> um, kind of those lines in rom coms that are really like, um, it, and they kind of did it a bit in Isn't It Romantic with like, you got the big meeting coming up. And <laughs> right. like, exposition, exposition. Exactly, yeah. like all the exposition and like the things the best friends are saying where they're like... You they're... never stay in a relationship exactly. for more than three months. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just those kind of tropes, I think, are done really well with the final girls in that they have those weird lines and those moments of like, like with the hiker and the sexy hippie. Mm-hmm. And oh, this, and like all of Adam Devine's lines. All of his lines. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the... What, what does she call herself? The girl with the guitar? The, yeah. And the clipboard or something. Mm-hmm. Which is so... <laughs> I'm just the shy girl with the guitar and there the clipboard. There it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I never thought of that as a stereotype. I know, <laughs> like, real it's going like, to be my Halloween know. costume for the next three years. <laughs> I oh love that. Yes. Asha also has a serious Halloween oh. party. Her <laughs> decorations were amazing. Oh, and I posted a picture of something that was, like, very Guillermo del Toro in your bathroom. Oh, yeah. So my theme this year was classic movie monsters. Mm-hmm. And so we had, like, a life-size Frankenstein on the kitchen counter. Yeah, it was amazing. Kind of like Dracula's castle in the bathroom was Creature from the Black Lagoon. So I had one, like, coming out of the floor. Yeah. Was, yeah like it was really Guillermo cool. Guillermo and his monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um, For someone thanks. who doesn't like horror, you're very steeped in it. <laughs> I think... Um, <laughs> It's not that I don't like horror. I think it just haunts me too yeah, much. Yeah. I think I take too much of it in. You're a sensitive soul. I'm a very sensitive soul. Okay, my favorite question. Who are you in this movie? Oh, mm. oh, what a fantastic question. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to throw a question back at you. Okay. Are you asking who would I be if, like, if this happened, like, like who I am in life, mm-hmm. or if I was like put into this movie. Ooh, kind both. Of. Are they okay. two different answers? Kind of. So <laughs> okay. I think like me in this movie is probably Aaliyah Shawcat. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the kind of like sarcastic one who, you know, doesn't really know what they're doing, but is kind of, you know, trying to be helpful, kind yeah. of, and sort of steer the ship in the right direction. But I think. <laughs> I think the fun answer is I, I just want to say I'm the sexy hippie. I'm the one who like, <laughs> dies immediately because she just can't stop boning guys in the forest, you know? Yeah. What about you? 
Oh, I'm Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> I would be like the one that's like, you guys have to come to the screening. <laughs> okay. You're like, coming, right? You're yeah. Coming. Are you going to do the Q&A? Like, I go to screenings like that out here. <laughs> I think I might be. I would be so excited to like be in the world of like Friday the 13th or whatever. That's fair. I'd be like, holy shit. You are. Yeah, definitely. We're at Camp I Crystal Lake. I feel like you're Lake. Paula. Oh my god. It's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Put it on your tombstone. Oh my gosh. Okay, I can't actually find his name. Weirdly, it shows everybody's names except for him, but I think I would be right here. I'm sure it's somewhere. But I think I would be um Aaliyah Shawcat's love interest. Oh my god, are we gonna fall in love? Oh my god. Because he's sort of like like goofy once he like has feelings for her and like a little awkward and then yeah. he doesn't last very long. <laughs> and I'm like, that's his name me. is Blake. Oh, Blake. okay. Thank you, Blake. I You're see his welcome. real name, Tori N. Thompson. You yes. were fantastic, Tori N. Thompson. You were great, uh-huh. but it didn't say. I do love that he has a line where he, oh God, what band does he say? But there's some band, and he's like, "They're real," and <laughs> oh, they're yeah. like, "Yeah," and he's like, "I'm not," but they're, they're real. real. Oh, okay, that's fine then. Yeah. I, I relate to that too. As long as they're real, <laughs> as long as this band, I lo- as long as Leonard Cohen love- and the Smiths are real, I'm fine. <laughs> I is love Hosier real stuff because about- then I'm fine. <laughs> all of the like sex is bad stuff. I thought was funny because they're like, yeah. "Why?" and it's like, "We don't know," but yeah. it's bad. Yeah, yeah I and like the that ba- too. Melinda Ackerman is like. Sex isn't bad. Tina's had sex twice today. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That's like, she's still alive. What are you talking about? The one For thing now. I thought would happen is I thought that Max and the blonde guy, I thought that they were going to have sex and she was still going to be the final girl. Oh, that would that be cool. been That's great. what I thought was going to kind of be like the twist yeah. that she's like, I can still be the final girl and fuck. But Maybe yeah. he dies then. Oh, that's interesting. Of AIDS, because that's what happens when you have sex. As a man. As a man. You know what I really wanted to see was in one of those flashbacks, what happens if they step in and stop the bullying so that, what's the the killer's name? Um, Billy. Billy, Billy, right. So that Billy never has that trauma that turns him into a monster. And then the whole movie is just... Yeah, like, does the whole movie stop Not a horror movie. Or does the movie disappear? Like, what happens? Some people are just born monsters. (laughs) But I don't think he was. Oh. Do you think he was? Some really horrible stuff does happen to him. Yeah. It's one of those, like, six sadistic things where I'm like, are kids really that mean? It's so mean. I think the fact that, like, that happens and then he goes running off to some shack in the woods that nobody else knows exists. He just wants to be alone. But like that's all weird. <laughs> I guess so. But what are you gonna? You're gonna see. Well, then what do they the say? The guys that put the fucking. They say something where it's like, and then he was in the hospital for X many days, and so he always like attacks to make up for those many days. Or was right, some like really right. long convoluted thing where I was like, wow, he's got quite the motive. Yeah. I mean, better than none at all. <laughs> yeah. Because like the Jason motive is just like camp counselors ignored me murder camp council like there's right. not as much into it as like this kid's right. like stewing the nightmare on elm street one has a bit more of like oh yeah a convolution to it yeah a bit there's the pedophilia aspect yeah and, the... yeah and then the parents kill me so i'm gonna kill their kids yeah which is just a really i don't like the generational killing thing that comes up in a lot of revenge movies i'm just like i don't get like if your father <laughs> killed my dog or something <laughs> I'm like I know what I'm gonna do kill you but I get it <laughs> yeah. right like that, I don't get it that I, would be I, mean I, if you hate someone theoretically <laughs> the worst thing you could do to them is kill take their take away child. something they love yeah <laughs> I, that is just I mean I guess that's the point is that it's dark but I'm just yeah. like to have that much hate in your heart, maybe I've just been very lucky and no Aww. one's wronged me so awfully Despite that I want to... coming from Florida, you somehow... Uh, somehow, <laughs> I survived Florida, man. And you still are this, like, positive, light, <laughs> I think I got out in time, is really... <laughs> when did you leave? 
Um, when I was pretty young, actually, I still have family there, but my mom and I moved up to like Virginia and DC okay, when I was cool. kind of in middle school. So. Okay, that explains. Yeah, that explains <laughs> why I'm so normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Southern Florida. Southern Florida is different. That's true. It's it not is. the same. It's, it's just true. beaches and Cubans on yeah. roller skates. It's right. nice. Miami is like a totally different world yeah. than not that you're Miami, but nearby. Nearby, yes. very close. Yes. Anything you want to say? About I'm going through my rules? notes to make sure. Okay. Well, I did when I was doing the research. It said that. Basically, the director or whoever was like kind of had a choice of do you want to go with the R? He got one studio said they would do an R, but they didn't want the emotional story. And another studio said they would do the emotional story, but they wanted PG-13 and he wanted Mm. the emotional story. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so great because normally like I feel like people would be like, no, that's fine. I'll just cut all the emotion out of it. And this movie is like would be taken down a lot without the emotional stuff. I feel oh, like for sure. That is what sells it. That's totally. the anchor. That's what makes this. I mean, it's the same with Scream. It's like yeah. you need that core to have all the meta stuff around to work. Right. Yeah, the same with that boring movie Jaws that you do. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why it works so well for me. It's just kind of boring. Me. Parts of it are boring. <laughs> you really think so? It's so long, It's a guys. perfect script. It's I love so it. Long. Yeah, I think it's a perfect script yeah. and a perfect movie. They're on the boat for a long time. Yeah, but it's so tense on the boat and then they sing the song and it's such a good song uh-huh. and they're looking There's at the a lot of me like being like this is like a time to fall it's so good (laughs) it's so good you're right there's a lot of white men but they're good you know what a lot of my favorite movies are mostly white men I have nothing (laughs) against white men as a whole yeah like I think that they make a great movie. <laughs> I'm just saying a Jaws remake with all women. I'm yeah, not against. That would Ooh. be cool. Not against. I'm also into like a Reservoir Dogs remake with all Ooh, women. Ooh, I like that. I, I tried to write more women getting parts. Yeah. Or even 50-50. I think yeah. that would be fun. I know that like women remakes are kind of up and down, but I feel like you know, you do Reservoir Dogs, and it's like half men, half women. Mm-hmm. Kind of could be cool. Reservoir Dogs, I'd want to do all women just because it's all men. That's so fair. then it's fun. <laughs> That's fair. You know, That's fair. Yeah. and there's like more. There's like a father son dynamic that I think is at the heart of that mm. movie. So to have it be like a mother daughter dynamic, okay. I think is interesting. Okay, I'm with yeah. you. I'm okay, with you. cool. Are we writing this this weekend? Or? Oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that'd be so fun. I'll just call up Quentin. Oh my we'll gosh. Get the rights. <laughs> I did try to write a knockoff. We'll show it at the new Beverly. It didn't. It does. It almost works. Oh my god! I brought. To writers group, so that's how Asha and I met. I don't remember if you were there. I don't at the think time. I was there. Then. Okay, we met in a writers. We kind group. of were like passing ships in the night we with were. the writers group. You were kind of like off doing cool things, and I just moved out here. And I was like, <laughs> and now I'm uh, hosting a podcast and for no money, and Which you're is... writing on a television <laughs> show. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> we're all on our own path. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest. Oh, yeah, Thank of course. You for Wait, coming. there was a question I was told oh. I would be asked. Yes, what that is I it? prepared an answer oh for. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, something that seems like it would be a horror, but that isn't? Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. I prepared this is her an favorite answer question. for this. <laughs> and I stopped asking because nobody ever has an answer, and you prepared I, one. I actually have two. Oh, oh good. My gosh. Okay, but I love I'll this. just share one, I guess. <laughs> you can do both. Okay, well, the one that I think is like an okay answer, but isn't my favorite answer, is While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. <laughs> because I think a woman who pretends to be yes. engaged to somebody in a yes. coma so she can get close to her oh, family. Yeah. Is like it's such a good answer. It's but a great answer. My actual like number one answer, which is one of my favorite movies, is Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> I love that All movie. The I watch movies. it every year, but it is about Meg Ryan stalking Tom Hanks and his son. <laughs> oh yeah. And they don't meet until the end. They literally they have one well, moment. Well, and where the they child the is alone with her. Yes. It goes to he flies to New York alone to meet this woman yes. at the top of the Empire State Building. Based on nothing. <laughs> 
Who could be a monster? Based on her name and the fact that she likes a baseball player. Asha's face right now. <laughs> I'm very serious about this because I love, I've seen this movie so many times and it's like, it's all about fate and it's about magic and about how when your hands touch, you fall in love. But she straight up hires a private investigator mm-hmm. to take photos of him oh my God. with his son. I don't so remember this. I have to rewatch yeah. it. It's it's actually like it wouldn't work if Meg Ryan wasn't so charismatic. And she charismatic. gets his, his home address and she shows up at yes, his door. At his door. He's not there, but she shows up. <laughs> she and then she stalks him to the beach where Harry mm-hmm. Connick Jr. is playing and watches <laughs> him and his son. And then she looks him up because she's a journalist and she badly uses her resources to find <laughs> yeah. him. It is bonkers and truly well, shows O'Donnell's the lengths her, women will go to stalk a man. Rosie Donald's her boss this. and she like condones like maybe you should do a story like because she like doesn't under the guise. Like, because she doesn't like Bill Pullman <laughs> which is insane. Who doesn't like Bill Who Pullman? Who doesn't like Bill Pullman? I love Bill Pullman. We all like Tom Hanks but Rosie O'Donnell's like ooh your fiance Bill Pullman go stalk this guy in Seattle who lives across the country <laughs> and they never talk about how they're going to figure out how their lives are going to work when she lives in fucking Maryland. Well, she's going to have to move. He's got a son. Oh, then I, like, just watched answer. that movie recently. <laughs> Did you do it on? Yeah, we, I was yeah. going to say Asha should be on, but <laughs> oh. she has a romantic comedy podcast. Oh. Yeah, you have me at Rom-Com. And we just watched that, and my husband was like, I am more like the Bill Pullman character than I wish to admit. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the one that gets tossed aside and is, like, not the romantic one. Oh, I love Bill Pullman. I think we've all and dated Tom. Well, Bill you, and yeah. both of the so movies you named, yeah. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Yeah. But he gets the girl in While You Were Sleeping. Yeah. He yeah. earns her. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's I so, really he's so hot it. in that one. That was a great answer. I'm so glad you brought Thank that you. up. I had given up on it, and you've resuscitated I my think, last I, I really, ha- I really thought about it, and I was like, this is perfect. Such a great answer. Yeah, Both you. answers. Thank you. Do you want to plug anything or are you on social media? Um, I, I have a Twitter, but I never use it. Um, <laughs> I have an Instagram, but I never use it. Um, no, just, I mean, definitely watch. Um, I don't wrote on stalk the... her like Meg Ryan does in <laughs> Don't Learn from Sleepless in Seattle. Or do, but oh. only if you're sure. That it's magic. That we're soulmates. <laughs> if you're not sure, don't. Fuck this up. Don't waste her time. Don't waste my time. <laughs> Don't show up at my door and be like, maybe, no. <laughs> Empire State Building or nothing. Um, yeah, uh, I wrote on the last couple seasons of Horror Story. They're on Hulu and Netflix, I believe, now. Season eight and season nine. Still and, on my DVR, too. <laughs> uh, let me know what you think. Um, and this is a small thing. The yeah. show is not even on the air anymore. But I think because Dollface came out and it has a lot of similar vibes, I think everyone should watch Man Seeking Woman. It's very meta. Oh, yeah. Did you write on that? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I, I had nothing to do with that show at You're all. Just but I thought it, anyway. it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think it, talking about like meta stuff, yeah, I think yeah. everyone should watch that. Um, and I'm trying to think if I have anything to plug. Not really. <laughs> Friends Like These, a short film that yeah, will be coming out next it? year. Um, it'll probably be on Vimeo. Do you have a Vimeo account? Um, my editor does. Okay, great. <laughs> um, well, you can send us a link too whenever that comes out and we'll yeah. post it. Oh, great, yeah. And yeah. I'm on Instagram at Asha Michelle Wilson. Um, you can see pictures of me with a bunch of Indian kids I helped teach English to. <laughs> Amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, which I need to hear about, but <laughs> at a later date. Uh, this was so great. Yes, this was so fun. Yeah, thank, thank you. So I love this. Thank you so for Do you want to, since you're a writer, um, <laughs> to ha- give a nice pitch to people for why they should rate and subscribe and oh. what com- what review they should leave? <laughs> to this podcast. Yes, to this one specifically. In a world filled <laughs> with uncertainty and fear you should take that fear and put it to good use by rating five stars and subscribing 
to this podcast because if you don't, who will? That's beautiful. <laughs> what a great NPR voice, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm sold. I'm leaving a review right now. Me too. <laughs> and you can find us at? Oh, he's right behind you. Podcast. <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. This was so fun, guys. Thank you for having